Good morning. It's good to be together. I just want to take a moment just to um, pray. Yikes, it's already 10 past 12. Okay. Father, we want to thank you for your wonderful, amazing love towards us today. We want to thank you that your son, King Jesus, is the king above all kings and the Lord above all forever and ever, and he has no equal. And so for those of us who are um, happy with election results this week, and for those of us who are unhappy, and whatever emotion we're facing right now, we thank you that your kingdom eclipses it all. And that our confidence is not in earthly rulers or reign, our confidence is in you, the faithful king. The king who leads and judges with equity, the king who, who loves, the king who comes and steps off his throne into the, the mess of our life. And you come and you encounter us and you bless us right where we are. And we say even right now as we just, um, in these few moments, just um, remind ourselves of all you're doing in these days. We want to thank you that you are here and you are for us and that our hearts don't need to be worried and troubled because Jesus reigns and rules, because King Jesus is alive. And so we draw near to you today, not just in, in our singing, but in our hearts and minds, we draw near to you. In our affection, we draw near to you, King Jesus. We want to be those who are near to you, who, who enjoy your presence and who take comfort from you. And so we bless your name. Lord, we do bless our nation in these days. We pray for your spirit to fall upon our nation, for you to come and awaken our nation to your kingdom and your reign and your rule in your name. But right now in this room, we just pray, may your spirit fall afresh upon us. May, may you come by your spirit, King Jesus, and, and awaken us again to all you're doing to help us see and comprehend what it is you're doing among us in this town, is your church in this town here in Gateway. Lord, in our own lives, to come and to again grasp what it is you're doing, that we would be, um, we'd be those who seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and trust you with everything else. So we bless your name this morning. Amen. Event preach of any kind, um, so you can have your refund back if you came for that. Um, and um, I'm not actually preaching. I really just want to share my heart and bring us up to speed um, with where we are as a church, which is a great thing I think to do just before Christmas anyway, if I'm being honest. Um, and, and so that we're just understanding what it is that God's been doing in this last season and where we are. And as we look out, um, as I remind us in a moment on this new era in front of us, that we are doing so from a position of understanding what it is that God is doing with us. Just want to start by um, taking us back over the last five years. Don't worry, I'm not spending a long time here, but just to remind us that really this last five years for us as a church, God has, um, I, w I want us to live with this, that God has done some big things among us as a church. Sometimes it's easy just in the, in the um, flow of life to kind of forget what it is that God's doing, and we look at things as isolated events and high points and low points rather than the breadth and, and the thrust of what it is that God has been doing among us. Because really that is the question that each one of us should be asking of our lives personally and our family and for us as a church and the church here in Swindon is this question, God, what are you doing? 
And then we adjust ourselves and align ourselves to that. And over the last five years, um, we, God has, there are two mountain features that I want us to just quickly look at as I look back over the last five years of what God has been doing. And the first is around um, that we have had five years really of giving and sending in different kinds of ways. And I know for many of us, we've been through this journey and we know it, but I want us to not just think about the individual um, points on that journey, but to kind of understand, but that is what God has been doing with us. And as we have been giving and sending people and gifts, actually that is us being who God has called us to be. Well, it's a big part of who God has called us to be. And so that's a good thing. And so it started, gosh, a number of years back when... um, We sent Simon and Fiona Turner and the kids off to Mumbai for six months. And really, at that point, God began to um, put on our hearts about, come on, it's time to start giving and sending. Mumbai in India said, look, we're struggling. We really need um, some leadership help and input in this next season. Is there anybody from anywhere in the world who would be willing to come and help us? And Simon um, and Fiona um, kind of said, and if you knew, knew them at this time, it was a kind of reluctant, reticent, yeah, we could go. Um, and they went off to six months um, to Mumbai to serve One Nation Church there with Franco and really blessed that church. Even to this day, Franco would say they brought such a gift of grace among us. And, and we sent them for six months and then they came back and um, not that long afterwards, we sent Simon and Fiona, many, some of you will know this, many of you won't. We sent Simon and Fiona Turner um, to lead Biggin Hill Church, New Life Biggin Hill Church, again, part of our wider family of churches. And that, they have been such a blessing to those guys. And it's been such a privilege to watch them, and not just Big and Hill, but to see how Simon's serving in regions beyond and further afield, and, and just the gift that they are. And if you don't know, Simon and Fiona were part of the leadership team here. Um, Simon was one of the elders. And then um, a little while later after that, many of you again will know that we sent Mark and Jackie Thornet. Um, Mark used to lead the team here, was one of the elders, and um, part of the leadership team, and we sent Mark and Jackie off to lead the Isle of Wight. Um, Apex, not the whole of the Isle of Wight, that'd be a bit odd. Um, although, who knows, they make a good councillor, I think. Jokes, and it's not helpful. Um, anyway, Colin, pack it in. Um, and so they led, a- Mark leads Apex Church on the Isle of Wight, and again, that was another um, circumstance where they were saying, look, we, we need help, we're going through a season of transition, and again, we said, look, um, hey, we'll send you Mark. I mean, he was happy to go, by the way. Um, and just in God's leading, we sent them, and they've been such a blessing to the church and the community there. And we just started this journey of sending and blessing. And then more recently, as you'll know, at the start of September, we, along with Discovery, and I'm let me put Discovery at the front because they kind of led into it, um, Discovery, along with us and other churches from across the town, said, come on, let's plant a church into Penn Hill. We really sense that God had caught our hearts for Penn Hill as a, as a place to serve and pour resource into and to seek the kingdom of God there and to be a blessing to that community. Um, just to say, Emma and I are going off this afternoon to be part of their toy appeal there. And I think there's 120 families that they're feeding a full meal. And then Clive and Kaz are going to share their story after that. And then they're going to give out the toys. So please do pray for Clive and Kaz as they share their story um, this afternoon. And, and so we, we planted that church with Tom. And, and along with that, we sent gifts of people to say, we don't just want to say, yeah, we're for this. We actually want to actively go to people and say, hey, would you go? Would you go and partner? Would you go and give Tom the next three years to help see something established to bless this community? As part of that, you know, we sent Kevin and Dawn, and Dawn's 
um, part of the employed staff here at Gateway, but we said, Dawn, we want your time to be, your employed time to be spent um, serving and meeting the needs of that community, of loving them. And so we feel like we've invested into that. Then at the beginning of October, hopefully most of you will know we sent Nick and Motti um, off to Seattle. Um, Nick was one of the elders. They were part of the leadership team here. And we sent them and had a great fun Sunday as we said goodbye to them and blessed them on their way. We don't just say to people, right, off you go, bye. We're family. That'd be really odd, wouldn't it, if you just say to your family, we'll see you around sometime then. So we send people and we, we sent those guys. Um, they've been a massive blessing to us in so many ways over the last, gosh, a lot, lot of years. Um, and then, of course, with Patton moving into town, and the new church plant in town, um, just over a year ago now, I don't know if you remember when we were together, sites together back at the Wyvern, and we had Joel and Kath sales there, and they were just sharing what it is that God's doing, and, and just knew in my heart, it was right to say, guys, if any of you are feeling a sense of, we want to go and partner with what God's doing there, we want to go and be on board with it, then that we have a freedom to go, go on then, go, and we bless you as you go. And there have been a good number of people from Gateway who have gone over this last year or so, and um, just recognize, again, that's another aspect of giving and sending. And so it's been a costly season of giving and sending. And if you like your Christians or the rhythm of sending is, that part of who God has called us to be, a sending and receiving people, it feels like we've learned that. And so that's one mountain feature of what God's been doing with us over this last five years or so. And I just want us to really carry that in our hearts because otherwise we can just feel like it's this, this is we have stuff done to us. Oh, well, I liked it when Simon and Fiona were around, and I did. They were friendly people. Um, and that kind of thing, and we kind of go, where are they now? It's not as good as it used to be. Da, 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 da. And we can end up just kind of not missing out, but this is what God's doing. Hey, we're sending people to go and bless other communities, other groups, other churches, other places, because that is who God has called us to be. We're not just here for ourselves. It'd be really weird, wouldn't it, if if for you guys and for the town and you're here for me and for one another and for the town and we don't just live our lives through this lens of myself. That's a very odd way to live. But we live knowing that we're here to be a blessing because that's who our God is. He's a God who seeks to bless and gives of himself to bless many. And as we've gone through that season of sending, at the same time we've gone through another season, this other mountain of what God's been doing which is all around receiving. As I've thought about it, I'm like, no, we've had a season of receiving. And actually, about five, six years ago, um, when the archbishop came to town and we had breakfast with him, and he, and he provoked leaders in the town, church leaders, and said, you guys have got to get over dividing walls among you. And you have to pursue unity as the church of Christ. It is, it's a stain. It's a, it's a stain on the church of Jesus that there is division and difference. And just felt that, that there was a prophetic provocation from God in what the, um, Justin Welby was saying to us. And it felt like God planted a seed in our hearts. And around the same time, Tom Price, who leads Discovery, um, messaged me or something and said, hey, do you fancy a coffee at some time? It'd be great to get to know you. I just, I just sense in the spirit that God is wanting to build unity in the church, in the town. And he wasn't at this breakfast. And he said, I just sense this is what God's wanting to do. And we've just got to begin to build relationships and togetherness. And over the last five years, we have, God has just caught our heart with this as a church, not just us, other churches across the town, with this, with this um, sense of we are called to be a people who love one another, who honor one another, who pursue togetherness and relationship together, not just for the sake of it, 
but because it's what Jesus prayed for his church, that we would be united because by our love for one another, others would know that we're his disciples. Actually, not because we run great programs or amazing um, evangelistic outreaches, nothing wrong with that, but by our love for one another. And God has caught our heart with this, and we just feel like over these last five years, we have given ourselves to this the best we can. And actually, just like sending, there's a cost to sending. And it's only even more recently that I've realized some of the cost and the impact of what it has been to send Mark and Jackie and Simon and Fiona and the guys to here and there and there. And you kind of, you learn, oh gosh, that's quite a big impact on us. It's not an insignificant thing. But so too, we've received relationship with others in the town. And that has a big impact on us. It shapes who we are. It shapes how we think. It shapes the way we look at the future. And I want us to be a people who, who carry this in our heart as, oh gosh, this is what God's doing. Because there is also a cost to it as we pursue unity, as you put a priority in front of you, other things do fall by the wayside because you can't do everything. And the reality is, as we look out on what God's doing, there are some things that fall by the wayside and you kind of go, actually, do you know what? I kind of think that's not a bad thing because if we're not careful, we just carry on doing the same old, same old and not actually answering the question of God, what is it you're doing among us? What are you saying to us in our generation here in Swindon, here in Gateway, here in your life and my life and our life together? What is it you're saying to us? I just want to encourage you over this Christmas period as you um, spend time with one another and God and family and friends that we, we don't miss that question, God, what is it you're speaking to me? It's such a powerful question in the life of a follower of Jesus. So as we hit the start of this term, I was, I guess you could say I was feeling, and as a team we were feeling um, the cost of giving, that, that, that actually giving gifts of people and resourcing things, there is a cost to it. And giving our attention to unity and, and time, there's a cost to it. And as we looked out, we're kind of saying, gosh, like we're thinner than we used to be. There's less people than there used to be. There's less leaders than there used to be. But in that, God has blessed us with many new gifts and many new people. And there are many men and women on, in the East and in the West who serve faithfully, who give their lives to what God is doing and to one another and in all kinds of ways. Sometimes seen, sometimes unseen. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for continuing to love and serve one another in heart, in practical ways. But as I was reflecting at the start of this school term in September, kind of thinking, gosh, this has been a costly season for us, I keenly just felt God remind me of his promises to us. And so there are things in us, if you like DNA things as a church that capture our heart that we we live with and one of them for sure is unity in the church and another is being intentionally diverse recognizing again that that's not an easy path that's a challenging road that's hard diversity in all kinds of ways cultural diversity ethnic diversity um age um male female diversity of all kinds disability is another kind of diversity and we we have all of these factors going on and but god has placed in us and among us visibly that we are a diverse people And it's something that we thank God for, but at the same time, we know we've got to take ground in. That it isn't just a feature, but it's the way we think and build. And we honor God and say, God, would you take us on a journey? Because that's where we're going. Because the diversity of God's people is the manifold wisdom of God on display. And that we we count the cost of that. We go, we've got to pursue it. We've got to go after it. 
And that's something else that really captivates us. And then to be ascending, receiving people right from day one um, of, of the church. By the way, we were 27 years old um, two weeks ago. So happy birthday, belated birthday. Um, gateway, that is. Not all of us are 27, unfortunately. Um, and, and right from day one, when, when the church was planted 27 years ago, there was a prophetic word that came and said, build locally, but think internationally. Hey, guys, love this, but have your eyes up there. And really that has defined us and, and caught our hearts the whole way through. And it's, and it's how we think and at different points in our journey that's looked like different things and different places and different people. And that's fine. That's, that's the flow of life. That's how it works. But at the same time, again, it's a, it's a defining word over us. And it's a DNA thing that we're to build locally, but think internationally. Hey, we love this place. We want to serve and seek the blessing of this town. But let's not forget the nations. Let's not forget unreached people groups. And that doesn't have to be out from Swindon. That can be in Swindon. Because we're not really here for ourselves. We're here for the glory of God and for people who don't know him. And we've got to get these things and carry them in us. I just want to quickly remind us of a couple of prophetic promises. Because at the start of this time, I just felt God reminded me of, of some of these promises over us. And I want us to, to carry them and to live with them. And to, when we hear them, go, oh yeah, that is what God said. Um, Kim McCaffrey, back in 2007... Uh, a prophetic guy who served in the New Frontiers family of churches that we were part, were part of then, um, he said this, I heard God say, Gateway, I don't want you to stick to the minor roads. That's too easy. I've got bigger things for you. And I felt faith rising in your spirit. It calls you to expand your thinking of what God is going to do amongst you. He's got great exploits for you. Unity. I tell you what, that is not a minor road. That's why we've got to, it can't just be something that as leaders we kind of go, oh, come on, let's pursue relationships. It's got to be in us as a people. It's a major road. It's something God is doing, not just in Swindon, but right across the nation. He is uniting churches. They're finding one another both in practical ways of serving social action, but also in relationship among leaders and churches saying, come on, we've got to love one another. We've got to get this one because it's what God is doing. It's costly. It's not a minor road. Diversity, being intentionally diverse, is a costly road. Sending, resourcing, the very thing that God has put in our heart to do to be a blessing to this town. I want to remind us that we have so much resource among us. As a church, we've got so much resource. And sometimes we think, oh, if only we had a bit more. And God says, I've given you so much resource that you can bless the church in this town and beyond. And we have to remind ourselves of this often because else we forget. We go, oh, if only we had X, Y, Z. Oh, if we had this and that and then, then we'd be doing all right. God says, no, I've given you resource and I've called you to be a blessing. Don't stick to the minor roads. Kim McCaffrey went on to say, God says it will cost you, but that he's extravagant. It's almost that you give to the end of your resources and then he gives you more. And Julian Adams in 2013, I hope this um, resonates with you guys and you know this. Uh, he said, and so know that God's hand is upon you. I feel like there's something about God wanting to hotspot this place. I don't often prophesy about hotspots, but I believe they are places I think that God wants to put his finger on in the nation that will act as a significant move of God in the nation. And I believe that God wants to put his finger on this church and on this city. That where there has been a predictability, where there has been a normality, where there has been a same old, same old concerning this town, God says, I'm going to turn it around. And there is going to be some breakthroughs that are going to come. 
And I feel like God wants you to get ready for that in this next season. So some of the wineskin is going to change. And I believe even some stuff to do with meeting places is going to change. Where you meet is going to change. And what that looks like is going to change. I believe that I'm not just talking about buildings or this meeting place. I'm talking about there are going to be some strategic plants into areas for home groups and smaller congregations that God is going to begin to unlock because God is going to give you a network across the town of Swindon and so you are to get ready because God is going to bring about some significant breakthrough for you. When Julian Adams was with us, this was before, um, not the Pope, the Archbishop had been, and um, hey, God's going to give you a network. It's not just because you've worked hard. It's not just because Tom came up with an idea and you thought it was a good idea. God says, I'm going to give you a network. And then the last five years, God has been building unity and togetherness. And Julian Adams goes on to say, and I believe that as you step up and into this, you're going to begin to see the budget increase. And I believe the Lord wants to say that he wants to commend you because you guys are like the church at Philippi in that you give and you give and you give. Just quickly, as we give gifts to the town and as we give gifts into a new van and of finances into a new van for the furniture project and into regions beyond and all that that's seeking to do in terms of reaching unreached people groups and unlocking planting churches and new nations, there are times where it's okay to go, hey, well done, guys. We did a good job. We did a good job. Well done, faithful saints. Well done for investing into the kingdom of God. Well done for trusting God with finance and stuff and wanting to be a blessing to the town that, that actually that people's heads would be lifted. That parents who feel guilt and shame because they can't serve their kids, not it's about serving, you hear my heart, but who say, I'm struggling to even feel like I'm being a parent to my kid at this time of year. Well done for being the lifter of heads, bringing dignity and honor into families. Well done. And, it's, and God says, well done to you. Well done. Well done for generosity. And sometimes we just hold back from generosity and we just think, uh, we really shouldn't. It's not about puffing us up, but we get to honor what God's doing among us and saying, hey, it's great. What a privilege. It's a transition season. Julian Adams finished by saying this. But God is going to begin to unlock a wineskin that is going to pour out wine across the city and release the kingdom of God wherever you go. So get ready for that. There's going to come some strategic placings that God is going to put in you, strategic places. I just want to um, uh, just agree with Al. Um, I'm going to run slightly over. So parents, if you wouldn't mind getting your kids, I promise I won't go on too long. Um, and just bring them back in. And if they make too much noise, I'll stop quicker. Um, so you can't tell them to be noisy. But um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, just to honor the kids' workers, that would be great. And so... We've always had this sense of God has called us not to just do the minor road thing. And there's, I love the local church. I really do. But we know in our heart that God has called us to resource other churches, to partner, to send, to, to, to bless others. And we've sought to learn to do that. We've sought to want to go on that journey with God. It's what excites us about the local church is that we're not just here for ourselves. We, we, are not just, we mustn't just have this parish mentality. Well, if we're all right, then we're doing all right. Hey, we're all right because God's got us. That's why we're all right, church. And there are many that God says, now go and bless. Now go and share good news. Now go and bring hope. Now go and seek to be a blessing and a lifter of heads. And that's what we have to shape 
ourselves around. A few years ago, um, in March 2017, as a team, we had some time away together just to pray and be before God and um, put the next stage of Gateway in front of us and just kind of look and see what is it God's doing um, and ask that question again. And as we were together and praying, God really broke in on us as a team. And to summarize it, it just felt like God says, I want to, in this next season, I want to change your perspective on church, on leadership, on loving people, and what honoring people looks like. And, and we just spent some time repenting before God and, and crying and, and asking God for forgiveness where our hearts had not been right before God. And it was a powerful time. And I, I know I will remember that for the rest of my life. And it just felt in that moment that God began to give us a fresh perspective. And, and it's not to say, oh, now we know what to what it looks like, but it, that God began to take us on a journey of saying, come on, I'm going to work on your hearts. And isn't that the way God leads us so often? It's, it's we can know truth and we can know, um, but we don't just go and stand in it and go, right, now I'm doing it. We have to learn. We have to break out old habits and, and break them off of us and, and learn to begin to learn the new rhythms of new habits and new ways of being. And it feels like God's taken us as a team I began to take us as a team on that journey. It feels like that's what God's been doing with myself and Emma and us as a family in this last season too, that God's saying, I want to take you on a journey, give you fresh perspective. And so for myself and Emma, this, this last, um, I don't know, two and a half years or so, um, we, we got to a point when we realized we were, we were struggling, we were stuck, if you like, and the reality is that Emma cares for Sam, our eldest, who's just turned 21. I can't believe it either. Um, and is, has been a full-time carer for Sam. And the reality is disability is hard. It's a massive challenge in life in all kinds of ways. And we got to the point when the, the cost of that on us as a family, we, we have costs in every area of life, don't we, but was, was increasingly causing strain in all kinds of ways. And just got to the point last year, as you remember, hopefully earlier last year or end of this time a year ago, um, I just took some time off really to relieve Emma of the pressure of caring for Sam and looking after the kids. Um, and, and through that time and since then, God's really begun to um, work on our hearts and give us fresh perspective on life, on family, on marriage, on communications, not just, not just solving challenges, but giving us new tools, new perspective. And the reality is the circumstances don't change overnight and might not change. But that God's, by God's grace, he comes in and says, I want, to, I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to see how I lead you through this. I want you to see how I resource you in this life that I've given to you and what it looks like. And we've learned new habits and we've sought as best we can to begin to deploy them in life. And sometimes we have moments where we find ourselves kind of going, oh, it's not working quite so well again. And go, no, come on, God's given us tools. He's blessed us in his grace. He's enabled us to move on into new ground. And we've got new perspective on some stuff. And some stuff we've seen that we're kind of like, we'd love to be growing in that and like that, but we're not there yet. Let's try and learn where we are. And it feels like God's given, he's done that. He's given us some new perspectives on life and marriage and family. And so too, I feel like God's been doing that with us as a team. And I, and I, I want to say that to you because I feel like it's really important that we see where we are in the context of what God is doing. And so to our wider family of churches, um, the middle of last year, a prophetic word 
came to our wider family of churches, regions beyond, um, about a new era, about God leading the church into a new era. And interestingly, it's not just to regions beyond that God's been talking this prophetic word, but actually to many um, different streams and denominations and churches across the world even, this sense of God leading his church into a new era is something that God has been talking about. And I believe we've got to keep hold of this church. Not just, it's not just something for leaders to live with, but it's for us that it fuels our prayer life, that we lay hold of it. And it says this, um, I believe that God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season as it's not something we have experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognizable by those who've experienced them before, and one can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. I think last year Emma and I realized that after 20 years of being married and having Sam when we were 17 and the challenge of that and then kind of beginning to learn the challenge of disability, we, we adopted a mentality that said, it doesn't matter what we think or feel about it, we'll just make it happen. We'll just make life happen. That was our MO, if you like. We, we just went, we'll make it happen. We'll get through it and we'll make it, ha- we'll make it work. And that's fine. And you can live like that until it doesn't work until you don't have the resource or the energy or the skill or the, what's required to make it work. And we just found ourselves over, the, as I said, a year or so back kind of going, yeah, this isn't quite working. We, we just need to get to a place of health and, um, and revisiting some of this stuff. And it feels like that's what God has been doing. And when I think about a new era, and God says, I'm taking you, not, this is not to be the same. It's not going to look the same. It's going to function differently. <laughs> You kind of go, well, we can't rely on what we've known before. It's going to be different. It's going to, a new era, as we've just heard, it's not recognizable. And therefore, it's not surprising that God takes you through a season where he says, I don't want you to depend on yourself in this next season. You can barely do it in seasons that you recognize, let alone new eras. And it feels like God said, come on, I want you to learn new rhythms of life. I want you to learn what new dependency on me looks like. And for us as a team, we're feeling that too, like, yeah, God's teaching us new things. We've got to learn to change our perspective. That thing God was talking to us about a few years ago, he hasn't stopped. We've got to change our perspective on how we lead, what it looks like, our heart. Guys, I want to say to us together, as we step into a new era, whatever that looks like, we've got to be those who come before God and say, God, just saying we'll make it work doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. We've got to wrestle with ourselves. We've got to say, God, come and work on this. Come and draw me near to you. Come and pull me near to you. And then just recently, you'll know that Janet Brown-Hollis, when she was with us, um, just found her time with us really significant. A a prophet who works again among our wider family of churches, regions beyond. Um, When she was with us a couple of months ago, she, she talked... Um, when we gathered our site teams together one evening about God giving us a mandate. And, and I really do feel that as she was talking about God's mandate for gateway, God caught my heart with that word. And it's not a phrase we would use very often, or ever. Um, 
And as she was talking about God's mandate for the church, I just felt God said, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And a mandate is literally this. It it means an official order or commission to do something. And if you like, what I feel God's been saying to me in this season is that when the church was birthed 27 years ago, and just recently I was having a coffee with June Keel, um, um, her husband Brian was one of the founding elders of the church. They were part of the initial leadership couples who said, come on, let's plant a church. And, and we were just chatting about 27 years ago. Can you believe it was 27 years ago? And as we were, as we were talking about that, and, and June was kind of expressing some of what they were feeling and hoping for at the point, and you realized that there was just a sense of some promises. We've just got some promises from God. Hey, come on, plant. They were kind of just promises that they were clinging on to. And over time, that promise becomes like a vision of, well, it kind of shapes who we are and defines us. And as Janet began to speak about a mandate for us, I realized that God says, this isn't just a way of being. It's not just a perspective on churches. What it is my mandate for you, Gateway? In this new era, it's my mandate that you get hold of. My, it's my order and my commission that you are a sending resource church, that you you've therefore shape yourselves around this, that you pursue unity with others that you therefore shape yourselves around this, that you deeply love one another, that you pursue intentional diversity, that you resource and give and send. And I just felt like God has put this on my heart, that this sense of God's mandate for us will propel us forward. And into this, Janet um, prophesied over us as a team. We were praying together when we had a meal one evening with Janet, and she said, there is going to come such a steadiness and such a strength amongst you And I just see from time to time that God is going to add people. He'll send them from other networks, ministers, just to put another brick in the wall to help consolidate and build this house. I see that because you are building the house on the... Oh, sorry, I'll move on. Um, I see that God is going to establish in each one of your hearts just that knowing that this place is the place for you. That the expectancy that God has got his hand on this house and that you are building in the right place and the right direction. You're going to have such a knowing inside of you that God is pleased with the work here and that that it's just steady plowing and you're going to have confirmatory signs along the way. And so it's going to become much easier, more intentional and more direct. I feel like God is saying, don't look back, don't look around, just keep your eyes focused and he is going to build his church through you. What does this new era look like for us? Well, do you know there are some mountain features of this new era that begin to feel, they feel like they're beginning to come into focus slowly for us and just praying and laying them out in front of God. But what I do know is this, is that we're not just grabbing hold of it and going, right, we'll make it work. And in fact, guys, I just want to, I want to repent and say that I'm sorry for where, for myself, that as I've led, that's been our way of leading is to say, we'll just make it work. We'll just make it work. We'll just make gateway work. We'll find a way. We'll find the resource. We'll, we'll make it work. And, you know, we'll be a strong and stable church. Hey, strong and stable sometimes a bit harder, isn't it? Strong and healthy church is sometimes quite hard. We want to be a healthy church, but we're not feeling very strong. And for myself and Emma in this last season, what we've kind of discovered, one of the things we discovered is that actually in our weakness... God blesses us. In our weakness, God comes and strengthens us. And he says, I don't need you to be strong. The point isn't that you're strong. and that It's not by your might, church. It's not by your power, by your wisdom, by your leadership skill. It's not by those things. It's by my spirit. 
that God comes and builds. So what does this new era look like? I, there are some things that excite me about it. There are some things I know God is going to be leading us into. There are some things he's already beginning to say, come on, time to take ground. Not minor roads gateway, but come on, new major roads. But I know this, that we can't just grab hold of it and go, right, we'll squeeze the life out of it because God will make it work. I feel, in fact, that God is saying, no, I want you just to hold it like this. I want you to trust me. And so when Janet was with us um, in the West, um, the morning she was preaching both West and East, at the end of the meeting in the West, she prayed for myself and Emma. And she said this, I see a season where perhaps you take a month off and you will just begin to realign and allow God to concrete the things in your heart, even for this house, and to get perspective once again. And you would say, but Lord, we've had time off. But the Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. God is birthing a new thing in Gateway. And as soon as Janet said that, I knew that there was something God was speaking to me about in that. And so a year ago when we had some time off, that really was just to serve Emma and the kids and relieve pressure. I read one book. It was a good book in that time. And of course I was praying, but it wasn't the sense of seeking God for Gateway. I mean, I did think of you guys, but not that much. Um, And I feel like in this last year, I've kind of been leading without that sense of the cementing of God's promises and purpose for us in my heart. And, and so as Janet said this, I just felt, yeah, I know there's something God's, of God's whisper in this. And Al said to me a week or so later, he said, I really feel like we shouldn't ignore what Janet said. And so just as we were then processing as a team, she said, yeah, actually, it's right that um, I just take a month. I'm not taking a month off, but just take some time to clear the decks, clear the diary from different distractions and say, God, I just want to bring myself to you. I want to spend time with you. I want, to, I want you to prepare this and this and this for this new era. I don't want to lead in that old way of going, we'll make it happen because we, we can't. We can't. And so actually over the last three weeks and just up to Christmas, well, New Year really, I suppose, um, I've just cleared the diary and I've just been spending time with God and he gives me a cold in the process, which is nice. Um, and um, just to really be with God and enjoy him and draw life from him and that has been such a blessing. And, and Emma said, Is that, you're not taking time off. You know, wives just say it how it is. And she said, you're not taking why, um, time off. You're just doing what you're meant to be doing, which, which I think is true, which is just being with God and enjoying him and, and leading from in life and marriage and family and church from that place of being with God. So let me finish with this. I really believe that, as Janet said about God's going to establish in your new hearts this mandate. There's going to be a fresh expectancy upon us in this church and such a sense of steadiness and strength amongst us and a sense of knowing that God is pleased. It doesn't come by us trying really hard to make it work, whatever. It comes by us leaning into Jesus. It really does come by us leaning into him and his grace. This new era, if I know one thing about it, is that it can't be like the old era in that it can't be hard work. Because otherwise we'll just end up doing exactly what we've been doing all this time. And in five years or in 50 years, we'll be no further forward. Nothing will have changed. We'll be doing the same habits and same routines. But I know what it is. Fundamentally, it's that we as God's people come alive in him in a new way. 
That has to be the defining mark. And so I'd just like to invite you to stand. I want to read one scripture over us. And then we will go. Look at this new era and to um, ask that question of God, what are you doing? Well, it looks like getting excited about them. It looks like treasuring them. It looks like when it comes to other churches in the, in the town, blessing and honoring and praying for them and their success and for deep love among the saints. Not this weird tribalism thing. Isn't it fascinating that in culture at the moment, in the very era when there's division, racism, bigotry, separation, tribalism, hatred, fear that's growing, that God is birthing in his church, not just here in Swindon, but right across the nation, a desire for unity. Kind of sounds like the kind of thing God would do. To go, hey, look, this is in the world. You guys have got to shine. You guys have got to be like a star that shines bright in the inky black of the world. And we've got to go, God, do it in our generation. Do it in here. God, come do it in here. And so it looks like that, but it looks like we start not by going, come on then, let's make it happen. Because the reality is we can't. We haven't got the strength or the ingenuity, but God has. And where we haven't, God says, I can and where we can't, God says, I will. Where we, say, where we go, don't even know how, God says, I do. I've got you. I'll build my church. He's told us that. And so for us, it looks like we start by coming to him. And I have the privilege in my role and job, I realize that, of saying I'm going I'm to clear the decks to spend time with God. But can I just say to you, it doesn't look like you have to go, right, I'm going to clear the decks. But in every part of your life, it is fueled by the presence and power of Jesus. You don't have to take a month off. That's, that is part of my role. But that wherever you are in life and godliness and all that's in front of you and all the things that are in front of you, go, God, not in my own strength, but by your spirit. Now help me. Breathe into this. Enable me. Supply me. Bless. So can I invite you to lift your hands? It's just, I've been living over the last few weeks with um, John 15 when... Jesus talks about pruning and him being the vine and us being um, grafted into him and drawing life from him. And I just want to encourage you to go home and and read that over this coming week and just to be in that. But in the message version of of Matthew um, chapter 11, I just read this the other day and it just, it caught me again and I just felt, God, I want to fall in love with you again and know you and delight in you. And it raises that question, not just simply what's God doing, but right into the inner person of who we are. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And Father, I pray for each and every one of us that in this new era, just even as we, even as we look out, we kind of go, what does that even mean? I thank you that you're the God who, as you prepare your people to cross into something new, you you say, get ready. Get ready. Prepare your hearts. 
Get ready, because I'm doing something new. I'm going to do something amazing among you. Therefore, get ready. And I pray for each one of us that we really would, in this, in this season, that you would go to work in each one of our lives, bringing fresh perspective, helping us to carry, uh, um, uh, to expand our thinking around what you're doing in, the, in this generation. Lord, as, as we look out and we say, what does this new era entail? I pray that it would, would look so different to that of the world. That our hungers, our desires, our drivers, our, our longings, our energy and our finances and our relationships would be fueled in such a different way than that of the world. And I pray in that that you would teach us in this era, teach us in this season, even over, over this Christmas period, teach us the unforced rhythms of grace. Lord, that we will be those who, who abide in you. Jesus, thank you. You love us so much that you, you do prune us for fruitfulness because you have called us to bear fruit. And so we bless one another in your name. We bless your name this morning, King Jesus. And we pray that you would do a mighty work among us in your spirit, by your spirit, for your glory and for our freedom in these days. Lord, I pray that we will be a people who are truly free, who live life that is true life, Lord. Not, not just church life, but real life in this day. So come have your way among us. Come have your way. Lord, I pray that even as we go from this place, that by your spirit, you would, you would begin to breathe on us and say, come on, I'm making you more human. I'm calling you to life in abundance. I'm calling you to life that is life. I'm calling you to life in all of its fullness. Now, come on, time to live. And I pray, Lord, that we would be those who draw life from you, that we would abide with you, we would walk with you, and we would love it. Lord, we do love you. We thank you for your amazing work of salvation, that free gift of God upon the cross. In our place, you died, and you paid the sacrifice for us that we may become friends of God. And so I pray that in these days, that will be who we are, as friends of you. I pray that for us, Lord. I'm jealous for that for us, Lord. And so we bless your name. We bless one another this morning and just pray that you would, um, you, would, you would breathe upon us in these days. For your glory, Lord, we pray this. Above all things, amen. Amen.